You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We'll go back to Pete Jensen uh, joining us here. Uh, you can see him all over NHL.com. He's got a great podcast as well, breaking down the Rangers matchup. So, so Pete, again, just looking back, big picture here, before we start breaking down this game, game three, what the Rangers have been able to do throughout the postseason really has been tremendous. Yeah, it has, no doubt. And Right, and I was talking about the Sidney Crosby timing of the injury in Game 5 of the first round. Mm -hmm. I mean, they definitely lucked out with that because they were not on their way to victory in that particular game, far from it. But again, opportunity knocks. The Rangers time and time again have seized it. And you could say all you want about them beating backup or third-string goalies in the first three rounds because of the injuries to Tristan Jari and Freddie Anderson uh, for the Hurricanes, of course. They never even had to see him. That was a break, no doubt. But, again, they have time and time again responded after losses. They've been an amazing home team. Now they take it to the road and try to do something that nobody has done since the Columbus Blue Jackets in 2019, you know, winning three straight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So high praise for New York. And I think they're equipped to do it, with, especially now with Braden Point injured for, for Tampa. I don't know that Tampa has the horses to match what the Rangers do in terms of their youth and also their veteran star power. It's It's been really impressive to watch. Yeah, you, you mentioned point, and, and I think you're on point, no pun intended, especially um, you know how, how great he is um, against penalty kills. And what we've seen with the Rangers, especially in this postseason, is, is how great they are in penalty plays. But I, I don't think enough. You're you're the first analyst that I've had on who's who's, you know, brought up the fact that they don't have point, uh, which I th- I think is really key. Don't you? It is. It's another positive break for for the Rangers. And again, there are injuries everywhere. You look out west, right? Colorado's up three to nothing on Edmonton. They have Darcy Kemper injured for some key games. Their goaltender and also Nazem Kadri went down with an injury on that play from Evander Kane yesterday. And it sounds like he's out for the rest of the series. I mean, that's two of their six best players, but the abs are rolling right now. So, again, injuries sometimes work for you. Sometimes they work against you. Uh, but for the Rangers, uh, it doesn't really matter that, that Braden Point is, you know, I mean, Braden Point is, for anybody that doesn't know, he's the NHL's leading goal scorer over the past three postseasons combined. So he's a game breaker. He has some of their biggest goals through the years. Uh, game one against Florida in the playoffs last year ripped their hearts out a couple of years ago. Uh, the five overtime goal uh, to beat the Blue Jackets and kind of cast off their demons. So some of the biggest moments for the Lightning through the years in terms of their responding and kind of getting over the top in some of these crucial games have been kudos to Braden Point. So as good as Vasilevsky is, as good as Nikita Kucherov is and uh, Victor Hedman, of course, and Steven Stamkos. Like, they're missing a piece to the puzzle without Braden Point here. So it'll be an interesting storyline to see if, as they eventually face elimination at some point, if they're either desperate enough or he's healthy enough to come back in this series because that could tilt things a little bit down the road. We'll see. Pete Jensen joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, l- let's talk about Igor Shosturkin in, in, in the series that he's having, the postseason that he's having, right? Like, Going up against uh, Vasilevsky, who many feel is the best goaltender in, in the NHL. 
um, somewhat of, of a big brother, right, to, to Igor, but Igor outperforming him yeah. in this series. What, 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 is, what is going wrong? You know, I, I looked at that first game and said, you know, maybe it's a little bit of rust, but didn't seem to have a better second game either. So, so what gives? I will say that the second period of game three, I was there. The Rangers were buzzing. I mean, he kept them in that game. The, Ran- the Rangers heavily outplayed them, like like you know, uh, in the middle portion of that game. But he kept them in it. That's been kind of his his quota in terms of, like, this postseason because especially in that Toronto series, first round, you know, he was not at his best. He was allowing three-plus goals in some key games in that series. But – when, it, when the going got tough, when he got to game six, got to game seven, the team wasn't playing that great in front of him, but he stole that series from Toronto. When you really look back at that series, did Tampa have the overall effort deserving to win that series? It's arguable. Toronto really deserved it this year uh, to get over the hump finally, but he kind of stole it from them. So Vasilevsky, as the series go deeper and deeper, facing elimination, facing the odds he gets even tougher and tougher but one thing that I think the Rangers can fall back on here is that you know Shesterkin's worst play in the whole season was in that Pittsburgh series but he came out on the better side of it so you can honestly say that this season at large Shesterkin's been a lot better than Vasilevsky especially in the regular mm-hmm. season so it's a big edge that the Rangers have it's something that maybe no other team out there would have in a series against Tampa Bay. Even if you were to say if it was Colorado and Tampa in the, in the finals, like if that was, I mean, that was my preseason prediction. Like, I don't know that Colorado would be able to match up goaltending wise with Tampa, like the Rangers have. So it's really like an X factor that they can have in any given series and say, we have the better goaltender than whoever we're playing against, whether it's Vasilevsky or a backup or a third stringer or Darcy Kemper or anybody else out there. So it's a luxury that the Rangers have right now. Um, you know, talk about the kid line. There, there's, there's been so much talk of, about it, not, not just of, you know, how well they're performing in the postseason, but also, you know, what, what this means in the future. You know, I've, I've heard a number of analysts say that this – very well could be the best third line that we've seen in, in, in the NHL in the last decade. The cool thing about this, and this is what I'm always doing fantasy-wise, I'm always looking ahead. Like, So Ryan Strom after this year, and he's done a great job ever since they acquired him from Edmonton a couple of years ago. But Ryan Strom is a free agent after this season. So that's your number two center. So kind of looking at it right now, if they're not able to bring back Ryan Strom or if they don't want to, they could play Philip Heal as their 2C moving forward. And we obviously have seen them play Panarin and Zibanejad on separate lines ever since they got Panarin. But could you imagine in the future, Anita, if the top line is something like, you know, Panarin, Zibanejad, Kreider, if Kreider shifts, shifts to right wing, and then your second line could very well be Filipedal centering Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco, all guys that I think we can all agree have maybe deserved a little bit more top six usage, but because the Rangers have so much depth at left wing and so many key players through the past couple of years that have deserved it as well. Like, And of course, in the David Quinn era, previous couple of years, those guys didn't really see the light of day in the top six. Now they're seeing a little bit more at different points in the season under Gerard Gallant. But here in the playoffs, when third line usage and, and minutes and performance matters more, 
I think we've seen each of those three guys, Heedle, Lafreniere, and Kako, embrace this moment and take their games to a new level. It's been really fun to watch these guys uh, put their games together after people, you know, kind of incorrectly label them as busts. They're, they're still so young, and they have room for improvement uh, every single game. All right, with that being said, uh, break it down for us. Uh, this, this game three, uh, later on today, again, 3 o'clock, right here on 98.7 ESPN. They're now, of course, in Tampa for the next two games, game three and four. Um, this is a, uh, a Rangers team. If you feel that they could win three in a row, I know that's asking a lot. Um, there's some value there at, uh, at plus 150 on the money line. Uh, you can get them at plus one and a half goals at minus 180. We've been sitting here talking about how Igor is a better goaltender, but uh, again, it, it's going to be on uh, on the Lightning's ice. How do you see this game playing out later on this afternoon? I, I do expect Tampa to win either game three or game four. I know the Rangers are undefeated against the Lightning this season. That would be shocking if the Lightning, even without Braden Point, were swept by the Rangers in the series. So do see the bounce back appeal in Tampa Bay as the series shifts, um, definitely looking for that last change type uh, matchup advantage to help Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay uh, has been a really good home team this postseason. They dropped one game to Toronto in that series, but they've been money ever since. So, you know, there's going to be some pushback here. Uh, the Rangers are not home free. Uh, that said, all they need to do is steal one of the of the next two in Tampa, which they're capable of doing, send it back home and, uh, you're in really good position to close out the Lightning. Uh, again, the Lightning, you could have them on the ropes, but to score that goal, to finish them off, nobody's been able to do it the past three postseasons. Um, so it's going to be tough. And also with Tampa Bay, I mentioned they haven't you know, been in a series hole like this. We were talking to John Cooper the other day. He's almost talking about how these guys are calm under pressure, they treat this as a new challenge, uh, and it's a cool way of looking at these things. It's like these guys get up for these new challenges. Even though they've won multiple championships now, they're not complacent, and they remain hungry. So it's important for the Rangers to not get complacent on the other end and take their foot off the gas pedal. So, again, I think Tampa's capable of holding serve and winning both, but um, if the Rangers keep up what they're doing, I, I don't know that the – that the Lightning have uh, the way to combat that without Braden Point. So my prediction would probably be Lightning win game three, and then game four is really up for grabs. Rangers more than capable of taking it. Pete Jensen joining us here at 98.7 ESPN. You can see his work all over NHL.com. Uh, any, um, since you do fantasy hockey, uh, any prop bets in this game that you like? Well, I've definitely been looking at Philip Heedle. I mean, in terms of, I know he had a point the other day, didn't you know cash in on a goal uh, after he had scored three goals in his previous five games. But that kid line, whether it's, uh, you know, shots on goal or points, like Heedle had a point the other day. Heedle's quietly among the top five and even strength goals in the postseason, despite playing on the third line. Like, he's in good company uh, in his even strength goal production and also goals per 60 so Hedo's making the most of his minutes really like what he's been doing uh on the Tampa side you know these guys like obviously Victor Hedman Nikita Kucherov are are safe plays um just in terms of their resiliency through the years and then 
Yeah, I, I think uh, this series, as it goes deeper, especially if Tampa, you know, takes control of things a little bit in the next couple of games, like they're going to want to lock it down. They're going to want to play lower scoring hockey. So uh, that's kind of what we labeled as the series all along early on. The first game was a little bit of an outlier, but I uh, wouldn't be surprised if this went into kind of lockdown mode and, and things got more defensive. That's the cool thing about Tampa through the years is like, especially when they get to these game sixes and sevens, they don't even need their top guys like Kucherov and Stamkos to score goals. Those guys haven't scored many goals in their careers in game sixes and sevens. Like It's like they play lower-scoring hockey and they get their contributions from anyone throughout the lineup. It could be you know, some of the lower-end guys like Corey Perry or Pat Maroon. But, yeah, I think, again, Filipito is a really good target with his breakout postseason. And then just for the series to kind of – as the teams get more adjusted to each other and Tampa responds uh, for the series to get a little bit more low scoring as the series goes on. Last one for you before I let you go. Tomorrow you've got the, we've got the Avalanche going up against the Oilers. As we know, the Avalanche up on the series now. 3-0 looks like they're going to take it, hypothetically speaking. I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, uh, but let's just say the Rangers advance and, Avalanche, and, and, and Colorado advances uh, that series, uh, you know, who do you who do you feel has the advantage if those would be the two that do advance to the Stanley Cup? Colorado, I will say, is a different animal than even what they're facing with Tampa right now. You look at like some of the shot attempts differential leaders in the whole league this postseason. It's all Avalanche guys. I mean, these guys are totally equipped to finally get over the hump they've lost in previous second rounds. Uh, three years in a row, and they finally, uh, you know, cast off their playoff failures in the series against the Blues last round. I mentioned those injuries to keep an eye on for them with Darcy Kemper and Nazem Kadri. Those are key pieces, but to me, like the way that Cal McCarr and Nathan McKinnon, Miko Ranton, and Gabriel Landeskog, the way that those guys have reached the next level this postseason, I would have to say the Avalanche would have the advantage against the Rangers, but Again, New York would have the better goaltending, whether Kemper's playing or if it's Pavel Francouz. So Igor Shesterkin, as we're coming to know, is the great neutralizer this, this postseason. It's, it's crazy to see what he could do in any given game. I'm sure he would get peppered in a series against a team like the Avalanche if it happens. So something to look forward to and something for Ranger fans to look at and say, hey, we don't care if we give up 45, 50 shots in a game. Igor, Igor gives us a chance. I love it. I love it. Great stuff, uh, Pete. Way to break it down for us. Do appreciate you. Again, Pete Jensen joining us from NHL.com. Um, check out uh, all his work on NHL.com as well as his podcast. Pete, enjoy the game later on this afternoon. Thanks so much for having me. And appreciate you sticking <laughs> with me. And uh, we'll see if third time's the charm for the Rangers today. Thanks for having I- me. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.